Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family. To purchase a home that will house the memories you make there. To save, so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. Bulletin. Loads of positivity flown just before we came on there. Um, and it's there's a lot to be happy about. I'll come to you first, Tony. We watched the Dundee United game in the studio yesterday. You done a watch along, and I watched it out the front with Tommy Sheridan, Frank McGarvey, Stevie Mullen, uh, and Shoggy Farrell, and what I uh, christened Axrom's version of uh, Goggle Box because it was just like that. It was just like that. Honestly, we should have just put the camera on those four guys and uh, fed the world a wee bit of uh, um, hilarity. It was tremendous. But uh, let's start off with the performance, Tony Haggerty. It was the rip-roaring, the free-scoring, the never-boring copyright Tony Haggerty, wasn't it? 
It certainly was, but I, I see that's been doing the rounds in other places. You know what I mean? There you go. What is it they say? Anyway, about? Mate, listen, mate. I mean, it's just flattering. It's fl- yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It must be murder going to your bed, never having a creative idea in your life. Eh? <laughs> I will. I'll leave that to others. But yeah, I thought it was uh, the rip roaring fee scoring, never boring. And had Celtic won 6 nothing, you wouldn't have complained, really, would you? From the you couldn't complain, mate. From the get go, they were on it. That was supposed to be a game that was going to cause us real problems, especially with certain personnel missing. Mm. And from the start, that to me was a performance where Ange has been talking about not just winning, but winning with a purpose yeah. and winning with a style. I, I genuinely thought that ticked all of those boxes. And I think you could tell from the reaction from the Celtic supporters after it, the reaction from the manager when he held up the scarf. That was a, I know, that was a really important win kind of shown that you can be missing key personnel and still turn it on. You know the old song, as it was, it? putting on the agony, putting on the style. It reminded me of that a wee bit, you know. So, uh, And I think because a lot of Celtic supporters went into that game with a wee bit of trepidation. And uh, do you know what? That performance was, uh, to me, it's arguably the best performance of the season because there were so, so many good things. And if you're nitpicking slightly, I met Kevin Graham in a car park on the way in, and he said, we should have won 6 nothing." <laughs> I was like, yeah, Gallo should have had a hat-trick, and others should have. I said, I get that. But you know what? I, Despite the fact that it never fell for Q, or it did fall for Kyogo in front of goal, and he missed a couple of chances, but he was still an 8 out of 10 performer. Yep. You know, he didn't let it affect him. He got on with it. He, he, he knows his worth to that team. You know, and, and even scales coming on, scoring a, a, a lovely goal, brilliant take. I know it got, got a wee slight deflection, but he got it on target. Many players have you seen sky them or hit them wide the target or, you know, and took his chance when he got it. And there's just so, so many good things about yesterday. And, uh, Tom Logic's goal, pick any tune you want and set it to music. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's just a, it's just a wonderful football goal. And you, you know exactly what's happening, but... Players can't nudge him off the ball when he's got uh, it. That was sublime. That. Tony, you'll, you'll all be aware of the, the Tam Selleck account. Ta- Tam Selleck's son that does the videos. You're talking about putting that to music. That's exactly what I watched when I finally got home last night. And it was just, it was a thing of absolute supreme beauty, wasn't it? It's a thing of beauty, yeah. And you know what? He's, he's done it so, so many things. I said that my problem with Tom Logic was that he wasn't consistent enough. He scored wonderful goals, but he didn't marry them with performances. This is Tom Rodgick's best season in a Celtic jersey, without question. And it's no surprise that the manager who's getting a tune out of Tom Rodgick is a guy that's worked with him before and it's his compatriot. And he's probably told him, Tom, you know, show the world what you can do. This is a guy who was heading out the door under various managers. Yeah. 60 minutes here or there. I know he got 68 yesterday, but you know, he's just coming back from injury, and, and I get that. But his contribution this season has been, you know, immeasurable. And that early goal yesterday just settled everybody down. The manner of the goal and the way they were playing, you just thought it's a matter of time here, isn't it? And he he just allows. <laughs> I'm talking about you know, I, I, I jokingly call McGregor, Turnbull, and Rodrick Celtic's answer to the Holy Trinity, but it's fast becoming that. Mm. You know, those three midfielders are quite potent. You know, and yesterday it was yesterday was a kind of poetry in motion yesterday. 
uh, at Tannadice. Because McGregor was utterly outstanding. Running out of words to describe McGregor, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but he was just the heartbeat of that team, big time. Oh, definitely. He is the orchestrator. And um, I'm going to you know, break the performance down and focus mainly on individual performances uh, within the Celtic side, some of whom um, have been mentioned by Tony because you can't avoid Amy talking about yesterday without talking about the likes of uh, Tommy Rogic. When you look at that performance, we have seen games this season where we've dominated, um, we've dominated halves, we've dominated games, but it didn't have the kind of final product. What do you think was different yesterday? I don't really know. Something was just clicking. There was a positivity definitely about the side. Um, I, I don't think anybody can probably answer that because if they could, if, if Ange could certainly answer that, he'd be making sure that it happens week in, week out. And if the players knew that, they'd be making sure that it happens week in, week out. But um, no, there was just, there was definitely a confidence about yesterday um, in the final third. You know, even the the opportunities that didn't go into the back of the net, you know, they were... They, they were they were as good as um, the one just before Turnbull's goal. You know when it kind of like knocks off his thigh. Seagrass gets out pretty well, um, and it is a bit of a ricochet. It's a bit lucky, but even that, it's, it's all the build up to that. There was just a real confidence within within the final third, um, and and again, I don't really know why because I. I was kind of on the same basis as Tony that, you know, without Yota, there was a little bit of a, not a worry or a concern, but, you know, you can have that little bit of doubt because he is, without doubt, Celtic's, you know, most crucial player. He's in Celtic's that. David Ginola, isn't he, Amy? Well, there you go. If, if that's what you want, you can you can make those all you want, um, <laughs> those comparisons. But he is having that kind of importance, isn't he? Um, so I, I don't know, perhaps there was a... a a lesser intent not needing to always go out to, to Yota because it's been over the last few weeks it's been abundantly clear that, that Yota's been you know far more effective than well it's usually been a bad on the other side mm. I don't know perhaps it's just been a bit more free that Turnbull and, and Rogic have both stepped in but you can't underestimate you know the impact that Tom Rogic is having you know when he's backfiring fit Celtic are, are a different animal um, and I know a lot of people wanted him over in the I wanted them away, sorry, in the summer, and it has been kind of for a few seasons. But I, I've said all along, you know, I I am a massive Tom Rogic fan, um, and I think when he puts in performances like that, I understand for other people that must be the frustration because they know that that's what he can do, and when he doesn't do it, it is frustrating. But I just think you've got to have that guy, you know, in, in and around your team because he's he's oozes classiness, and I, there's nobody nobody in the in the Scottish Premiership that comes even close to him. Nah, the magnetic toe of Tommy Rogic. When we look at that performance and all this done uh, with a depleted team because obviously with three injuries against Hearts on Thursday night, uh, in comes Mikey Johnson, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Greg Taylor. Uh, who do you think stakes a claim? I know that Carter-Vickers is a first choice, Tony, but do you think that Mikey Johnson or Taylor impressed yesterday? I thought Taylor was very good yesterday. Uh, I thought he did fairly well. I didn't think Mikey Johnson did uh, too much wrong yesterday. I didn't think he was a, a game changer or, or, or a great performance, but I thought he was all right. I mean, everybody knows my thoughts on Mikey Johnson, but I think he just got swept up with a general vortex of the team, you know, because the play was very good. Mm. So it wasn't hard to look okay in that team, you know, but there was a, there was a lot of standouts for me. I, I didn't think Mikey Johnson was a particular standout, but I'll give him credit. I thought he... He, he did well enough. You know, he, he fitted well enough into the team. And uh, But, you know, we've picked him out. Roger Turnbull, McGregor, 
or magnificent. Taylor, I thought, was really good. Juranovic is starting to look the part in his natural habitat. Scales coming on, did well. Abada missed an absolute sitter. Kyogo didn't get in the score sheet, but he was still an eight stroke nine for just his general work rate, his performance, and the fact that he didn't let it get to him. Because he even ran to the supporters at one point. He was conducting the choir, wasn't he? I believe kind of pictures of him conducting the fans singing and stuff, and just he's just loving it, right? And a real feel good factor about Celtic, the supporters, the manager who held the scarf up at the end. You know, when I was on a the daily pod with uh, Celtic Lee this morning, and both myself and Graham McGarry who were on it, we were like, I was concentrating what was on the scarf. I was just hoping it wasn't something stupid. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I was just going to say that about orchestrating a song. Sometimes you've got to watch out ones you're you're orchestrating, Tony. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, so and I, uh, but it was alright. But well, Kyoko does anyway. Uh, there's a real kind of you can sense it, can't you? Real feel good factor and sweeping through Celtic, and there's a real momentum building here, and yeah. the fans are in tune with the manager, and the manager in tune with the players, and the players mm. are buying into what they want. You know, you, you just it's. It's good. You're enjoying it. You know, we, you know, we don't like to compare and contrast. Last season was just so bad, but it's just everything that last season wasn't. And that's why the Celtics, I suppose, have got a smile on their face. They're enjoying life. They're enjoying their football and they're approaching these games with confidence that we can swap teams aside. And the team is, uh, is you know, we've got a manager there that you trust now. You know, every week he, he speaks, he's public utterance. You're just loving him even more. Mm-hmm. And I keep using this phrase, he gets it. I think everybody's getting it right now. You know, and that's quite that's quite a turnaround in five months, six months. It's a massive turnaround. And I think that, you know, I'm not going to labour this on this particular podcast. We have spoken about mm-hmm. it and will speak about it in, in great depth as the months come in. The only part of that, Tony, um, that isn't getting it is mm-hmm. when you kick open yeah. that... Uh, dark brown mahogany door of the boardroom at Celtic Park and you've got a group of people uh, they've got a group of people smoking cigars on the board table they don't get it and we know that but we're not going to labour that today uh, there's a very good point coming in from uh, Magnet67 right so he comes in what a performance yesterday you're commenting on YouTube Magnet thanks for getting involved would you rest anyone against Betis Rogic Cameron Carter Vickers Kyogo or keep the consistency and momentum with the same team. I think that's a brilliant mm-hmm. question because um, after yesterday, and we'll talk a wee bit uh, nearer the end of the show about the charity weekend because both these were in the studio and there was a great buzz about the place to coin a phrase uh, once used by the maestro. Um, but I was tidying up and I found somebody's notes. Now, there's no name on the notes. So they're, they're obviously tinkering about what team to play against Betis. So I don't know if this was actually discussed on any of the shows yesterday. Uh, or if it was just somebody who was having a discussion and said, this is a team I'll play. But there were some of these notes in the studio. Um, and they certainly would say to, to Magnet, who came in with a comment there, that we should rest players because they've written a, a team here, which is Hart or Bain with Dane Murray, Urigidi and Scales as part of a back three. Uh, Abada, Shaw, McCarthy, Henderson and Montgomery. I'm going to have to count these players, make sure that Got enough. Uh, with, with a Yeti and Johnston up front. But I think what you're getting from this is a sense that, yes, there are plenty of fringe players in the squad um, who need, they definitely do need game time. I mean, from that list there, right, we've seen plenty of Abada, 
maybe he does need a wee bit of game time for his confidence. We've seen plenty of Montgomery, and I think he's he's definitely one for the future. He's shown us enough that he's going to be in and around the side next. He's maybe at this stage where Welsh was last season, where he's learning, he's making mistakes, but yet there's something there that you know there's a player in him. And Henderson, you know, there, there's a player that's kind of disappeared from view. I'm just going to double check. He's not played a game this season, Henderson. Shaw, not played a game since he came in from Sheffield Wednesday. McCarthy, a bit like a bad and needs games. Dane Murray, you know, he came in. I thought he played well in Europe, but then he's been playing with the B team. Urugidi never kicked the ball for Celtic. Scales impressed when he came on. We'll talk about him later. And Ayeti and Johnson up front. What's your thoughts, Amy? I mean, I don't think he's going to go wholesale because you're up against a right good team and you're at home. And it'll be near enough a sellout if to, if it's not a sellout because you're buying the packages in advance. What do you think he'll do on Thursday night? Um, well, you've also got to remember, you know, who's it, who is going to be in, who is in the European squad already because it is not just the general Celtic squad. Um, it is a, a depleted number. I can see him making some changes, but I'm like you, I don't see him going totally full out. But I would like. You know, I would actually like a bad day start because I think he needs minutes and I think he needs legs and um and I know he's been given a lot of time, I appreciate that, but I think the way that I mean that he needs minutes, he just he needs perhaps a decent performance under his belt, just another one just to get the confidence going. Mm. Um and well, you know, before us going off yesterday as well, I think a bad probably will be one of those ones. I wouldn't mind seeing a yeti start, but in that sense, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have Kyogo playing. Um I, I wouldn't have Tom Rogic playing. Um and I know then you could say, well, Tom Rogers needs minutes, but he's not, you know, he's so, he's just so good that when he comes back, he doesn't need five, six games to get back into his stride. You know, you look at him, he's, you know, in that goal yesterday that he scored, he tried that against Hearts on Thursday night as well, and he wasn't a million miles off it. Um, so it's not just one of those freak moments. It, it has really been coming. Um, but at the back, I, I would probably stick with like a little bit of stability purely because, it is a you know that for, that back four yesterday was the first time that back four have played that back four, so mm. I would keep that for for Thursday for for continuity. But in the midfield, yeah, I would have a little bit of um, a little bit of rotation. I'm not even sure if if Liam Shaw is actually even in the European squad, if I'm honest. Um, and and like you say with Dane Murray, he has been playing with the B side a lot, and he's been playing well because I, I do see quite a bit of him. Um, so I can see the back four, or personally, I would like the back four to be kind of kind of what yesterday was for, for continuity reasons. But absolutely, you want to protect, you know, David Turnbull. Well, after that shocking challenge yesterday, he'll need protected. David Turnbull, um, Cal McGregor, I'd probably, you know, re- replace him as well. And, and Tom Roggett's just just for a bit of freshness. And there's guys there that... that that deserve, you know, a little bit of a little bit of game time. I wouldn't mind seeing you and Henderson. Again, like you say, he's kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, he's always shown a, a fair bit of potential. But in saying what I'm saying about that back four yesterday, it's kind of hard to not argue that Liam Scales doesn't deserve a place in that side. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, contradicting myself a little bit. But if going forward, Greg Taylor's a man, then I can't see Ange going for that little bit of sentimentality to give Scales arguably a very deserved start but if Taylor's going to be the guy going forward then this is a perfect game to to build up that relationship with Carl Starfield on, on his side really mm. Yeah, we're talking about you know, after the game when Ange is saluting the fans and everything but just the the celebrations even Tony the goals, you know, celebrating they go, 
How could you not celebrate the Tottenham Logic goal? But there were moments last year, and we were looking at everything last year, every nuance of Celtic, then when players weren't really celebrating goals, etc. But there is a, a togetherness in this team. I think that's coming through loud and clear. You know, um, Starfelt in particular, you know, big beaming smell running up to Tommy Rogic, who was quite uh, quite calm, cool and collected as he, as he trotted off. Um, what do you think? There's a lot of comments coming through saying, yeah, this is a dead rubber. Uh, let's get some of the young guys in. David Boyle, it's so refreshing to see players coming in when called upon and performing. I look forward to seeing the French players on Thursday. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Particularly Scales and Young Monty. I do like Montgomery, I've got to say. Um, and there's a few others along those lines. Um, we've got Les Watts. Mix it up, says Les Watts. It's a dead rubber, says Tim Billy. What do you reckon, Tony? Is Anne's that type? Well, Andy said he likes to see these as a gauge when you play in Europe against the mm. best. So... I, don't, I think you work in the premise that Celtic don't play dead rubbers, which is why I think you'll go for a hybrid mm-hmm. uh, of first-teamers and uh, fringe players, You know, which would, to me would make real sense. But you'll wait up and say, what's more important to Celtic this week? Beating Betis or beating Mullerwell on Sunday? We all know the answer to that. Yeah. Right? But there's coefficient points at stake as well, and it's fine margins between playing four qualifiers and not in future. So everything you do in Europe has a consequence, has a knock-on effect, so, which is why I think you'll go with a hybrid team of uh, some tried and tested. But, mm. and he might, he might put it to the, the body of the cup and say to some players, you know, any fancy arrest, you know, but players want to play, don't they? You know, and they, and they don't like to miss out games, but he, he might kind of overrule their judgment and say, actually, you're playing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you might think, oh no, he's put no somebody like Kyogo or something. But everybody wants to see Kyogo rested because he could do with a rest because he's played a lot of football because he came straight from Japanese football into this, and he's not really been rested apart from when he was injured. You know, so it's these are the things that, that Angel would be weighing in his mind. You know, does he bring? Does he let Rogic, as Amy said, keep playing, or does he protect him from other? You know, and so I, it's a hard one, isn't it? It really is a difficult one. It's all right saying throw the kids in, that, that's fine. I, I get that. I get both kind of sides of it, but I think he'll maybe try, because he, he, he does want to test himself against teams in Europe. Mm-hmm. Real Betis is a, a decent Spanish La Liga outfit. And also as well, you have a duty to perform for the people that are going to turn up when I've paid their money for the yeah. tickets for the packages. And you, you have a duty to entertain as our man always said, Bertie, for the Celtic public, and you have a duty to perform for everybody who contributed to the weekender. You know, people like that who parted with their hard-earned cash 
not only for tickets for this game, but for charitable things. You always have a duty to perform for the Celtic supporters. Argument is, do you play your strongest team, knowing that there is, in my opinion, bigger fish to fry 40, 72 hours later? That's what the manager gets paid for. But mm. whatever, whatever he does, you will trust Andy's judgment on it. Whatever team he picks, you will say, okay, if that's what Andy wants, then that's that's what we go with. And the chips fall where they may. Let's hope the board have the same attitude. If that's what Ange wants, that's what Ange gets. I well, think there'll be three or four changes. I reckon it will be a, a hybrid. Yeah. yeah. So do I. That's the way I think. Now, do before I, I get into some of the <laughs> some of the, the the gorgeous elements of that performance yesterday, I am going to talk about the refereeing. Um, now, Amy, you have already mentioned David Turnbull. We cannot ignore this. Our players need protection. Celtic players need protection. I'm going to run through here and please add to the list, right? I'm now sitting on seven red cards that were not given against our opposition for what, you know, in the main are dreadful tackles, right? Let's go to the 31st of July, Andy Halliday on Carlin McGregor. Referee, Bobby Madden. 26th of September, 2021, Jando Fuchs, a player who I actually highly rate, on, on James McCarthy, Kevin Clancy was the ref. 26th of September 2021, Benjamin Segrist on Abada. This is one that seems to be forgotten about. He led with his foot up and um, that was Kevin Clancy again because it was in the same game. We've got on the 23rd of October, uh, Christopher Kane or basically assaulting Cameron Carter-Vickers, referee Nick Walsh. 27th of October, Alex Gogic on Tommy Rogic, Don Robertson. 20th of November, Sean Rooney on Welsh, Nick Walsh. And on the 5th of December, Callum Butcher butchering Turnbull, referee Don Robertson. So what we've got there is one for Bobby <coughs> Madden, two for Clancy, two for Robertson, two for Walsh. All red cards, none given. So I'm watching Ref Watch. Uh, Tony on on the telly this morning, and they never actually give the referee option D book Paul Elliott. But I did think about that when when they were showing all the all the different decisions, and one of the decisions that they showed was David Turnbull, and without hesitation he was like red card all day, all day long. I've seen images of the the movement of Turnbull's leg. If his boot sticks that wee bit more in the turf, his leg's broken. Simple yeah. as that. Um, and now they're seven that I've noticed and I've stuck on um, my list. There's been others. For example, Tony Ralston was kicked off the park against Hearts. You know, none of the, the actual um, assaults on him or tackles on him, sorry, um, you know, specifically ended his performance that night. But it was accumulative, right? Um, that performance by Bobby Madden, I'm surprised only one on the list is, is Bobby Madden's, but that performance on Thursday night where Harps kicked Celtic off the park and came away with no bookings. No bookings. Um, and then, you know, the, you look at a sending off that Celtic have had this season, albeit in the B, the B League, right? They're playing Clyde, Amy. Connor Hazard gets sent off. Penalty Clyde, three yards at the box. So, right. It, it is absolutely horrific. And my, my issue here is protecting our players. Now we've got Chris Julian, yes, it was a it was a it was a, a post that did him. 
But when you're a player that's out for a year, because a lot of these tackles could have ended the season of any of the players that I've mentioned. You think of um, Callum McGregor, you think of the one there with Turnbull. These are, these are going to end your season. They're going to break your leg. We need protection. At what point, Tony, do we speak up as a club about this? I think they have to speak up now because it's too frequent, isn't it? And I'm not just talking about Celtic. Someone from any team is going to end up missing their star player because of a broken leg. And that yesterday was... It's the very definition of a red card. It's reckless, it's high, it's endangering an opponent. And do you know what I want to know? I want to know why he's given a yellow card because see if he's seen that, it's a red card all day long. Yep. So... The yellow card to me says that he didn't see that and neither his assistant can bail him out. So if they two guys only seen a major flashpoint in the football match, what are they doing in that position? They are unfit for purpose because that's the only controversial incident in that game. It's a straight red all day long and I'd say it if it was committed on any footballer in the league, right? But someday from some team, not Celtic, is going to end up with a leg breaker this season. And I don't wish it on MD, but it's going to be due to the ineptitude of the officials. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's a straight red card. It's that much of a red card. Even Chris Boyd was in the Sky Studio saying it was a red card. So it must have been a red card. Right? It must have been. But you get back to it. He has not seen that. How is a referee can you not see that and give a yellow card? Right? And I think the rules are that in extreme circumstances, you can get a retrospective red He's going to get a citation from Hamden for that. He has to. And see if he doesn't, then Celtic are entitled to wade in at the SFA weeks and say, right, what's going on here? Right? Because as you say, we have a litany. There's seven, probably more. Right? And uh, an unmagnificent seven, if you want to call it that. And it's far too often, and it's every week we have a 10-minute segment where we're having a blast at referees. And I hate doing it because I'm no conspiracy theorist. But I want them to open their eyes and referee a game. I'm not asking for favours. I'm asking for fairness. I'm asking them to referee a football match. That's a shocker yesterday. It's a definition of a shocker. It, it, you know, in Turnbull, it's on Turnbull's leg where I think uh, he had trouble before. That's why he was out, wasn't it? I don't know. Well, the thing yeah. is, Tony, you're right. It, it's not about, I mean... It's about protecting the players. That right. That is the angle I'm always Protect going to come at right. with this. Protect the players. And also, and I don't care who they play for, protect the players. That, you, you, that as an official, you have a duty of protection to players to stop them from being on the end of reckless and challenges which endanger an opponent, which I believe is in the rule book of, of red cards. How we can watch that at any speed yesterday and say that's not a red card is utterly beyond me. It, it, it really is a, an astonishing piece of refereeing. So you flash a yellow card, cop out to say, well, you'll not get done retrospectively because I, I've dealt with it. The two of them, the because he went across to his assistant, and I don't know if you noticed as well, Callum McGregor chased him for about 25 yards. Callum McGregor was going off his head, and that's what I quite liked as well. Yeah. So I thought, Callum, don't let him off with this. Nippy's nut, get into him. It's a red card. I don't like seeing fellow professionals try to get a guy sent off, but that's as blatant as they come. You know, and, and myself and Amy had a private chat the other night about Peter Haring, didn't we? From Hearts, who was allowed to kick Celtic players without any kind of uh, 
action taken against him. Yeah. And on and yesterday with Butcher, the punishment didn't fit the crime. He walks away with a yellow card and he put he could have put a guy out for a, a year. No, exactly. You look at Turnbull, he's lost a year of his career already. Uh, Julian, we don't even know when he's coming back. Uh, you've got to protect the player. Interesting enough, when I'm watching it, Amy, somebody in a Dundee United bench jumps up as if there's some kind of <laughs> issue with one of his players. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Because, I mean, Turnbull, for me, we've, we've spoken a lot about him this season, but he's on the cusp, right? Because there's so many players that show so much potential but he's on the cusp of taking that to the, the next level. He's in and around the Scotland international team. He's performed well for Celtic domestically. We want to see that on the European stage. He's at that, that point in his career. Young player of the year last season. Let's push up to the next level. The last thing he needs is another year in the sidelines. I've not done along to what Tony's saying because everything that he said, he said just there, I've been saying it for weeks. That the most worrying concern for me is that if a referee, and on so many of the ones that you've labelled out, which I was laughing at as well because you do have a real bee in your bonnet about this, but I was laughing because, and then I'm checking my phone because I know there's more than seven. Because my dad messages me every time that there's one, and I was trying to scroll back her messages, but I couldn't find any because there's probably there's that many. Um, but there there is more than seven. Um, but the, out of the seven that you've labelled, how many were given as yellows? And that is the worrying thing for me. That if, if a referee, or not even a referee, a human being is saying that, and you know you are not seeing that as as a you know endangering a player or endangering a person, like it is, it's incredible. The and I, I, I do have to laugh at the you know the, the guy on the the Dundee United bench. I don't know who it was, a first team coach, whatever. I don't know if he was wanting a well, a, a, a foul for, for Butcher, or if he was wanting a, a throw-in for Dundee United, I have no idea what that was. Um, Butcher as well is just not like, I think that even might be his first game back from his suspension, so he, he does have a history with it, but and I'm with you that, you know, retrospective action, if it can be taken, I know some yellows can get upgraded when it's these, like, ridiculous scenarios, but it's not it's not protecting Celtic in any way, it's not aiding Celtic in any way, but does, if it means that it does, you know, protect other players and I, I genuinely am all for it because it just has no place in the game but for guys like Turnbull and they don't I, I'm not one for saying that yeah they should have extra protection because if you know if she was on the other boot for another team then I'd be like nah you can't have that but you have to just protect the player I don't care if he's young old Scottish or you know Australian I, I don't care he just has to protect the players the referee has a you know that, that's his duty to protect the yeah. players and going out to try and play football and you know it in other leagues as well and I think that's perhaps the frustrating thing in European football that creative players do have that extra bit of protection and I'm not genuinely I'm not for that because I think every player like should be treated the same kind of thing but maybe a leaf does have to be taken out of that book in some way you know the Italians it's all the beautiful football the Spanish Spanish referees just love this you know yellow cards left right and centre to be honest but maybe that is what's needed in our game that you know, I, I don't know, just a little bit of like the the, the the more finesse that a player possesses, but there, there kind of has to be something because across the board, I'm kind of sick of coming on week in, week out that every time you come on, there is just another red card incident added onto your long list and that we mm. black book years. And, and rightly so. It's because, actually a green and white one at the moment. Oh, have you got a green and white one now? Yeah. Oh, check you. Um, must have lost the black one. But... It's it's just a joke, you know, and we can sit here. It's um, it's absolutely frightening, to be honest. It is. It's really poor. And I think, again, I look back on Jeremy Frimpong um, and I look at the abuse he got 
you know, he was targeted time and time again, Tony. And and you think to yourself, well, when you do have a young player coming in, uh, when they get an opportunity to go elsewhere, I mean, Amy's listed a couple of leagues that deal with, with, with this type of issue differently. I mean, it might be in the back of their mind, but I'm, I'm offski because these, you know, the officials just don't protect you here. So the minute I get an opportunity to go to Germany, I'm away. Yeah, I mean, I also say as well, see if the board weren't so out of touch and you had somebody there that was doing what you, I and Amy are doing and had the club's best interests at heart, they would have been jumping up and down after the Callum McGregor one and we're not having that, fighting Celtic's cause. The manager would do it, but he's too busy running a football club and busying himself with other things like trying to win leagues and trophies and cups and make you successful, you know. But the manager would do that in a heartbeat because he gets it, you know. Uh, but if we had someone upstairs like that, like you, like I, like Amy, like thousands of other supporters, fellow supporters that have seen this and are calling it out and are saying, look, this is, a, this is getting to a ridiculous stage. It's not even about biased or, or uh, you know, it, it's about uh, incompetence, you know, it's about people not being fit for purpose and and I'm not just wanting it for Celtic, I want it for every football team, I want the referees to up their game. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Because it's, it's a matter of time before somebody's going to get a serious injury and mm-hmm. be carted off the park and they're going to be out forever and... I don't know if it'll be a Celtic player. It might be a Rangers player, a Motherwell player, a player. It doesn't matter what player it is. Someone's going to get away with murder on somebody, basically, and, and put them out of the game for a long time. And you can't have that. We are discussing every week a 10-minute segment of challenges on Celtic players because we watch Celtic and it's happening to the team that we support. Yeah. Every other club's going to have the same as you, Paul, a litany of challenges. And I'd like to think somebody would be documenting them. I'd like to think somebody would be you know, at, at their club, higher up the chain, would be saying, like, wait a minute, that's, that's just not right. You know, somebody at Celtic has to pick up the cudgels on this and just say, as I keep saying, it's not about favours, it's about fairness and it's about refereeing the game, it's about doing your job. How could that, I, I, I get back to it, I, I, I'd have to be strapped to a chair and so that I can't move or speak and explain to me why that's a yellow card. I, I just, I, I shook my head incredulously yesterday. It's a red card all day long, because it ticks every box of the red card yeah. offence and, and the wording about a red card. Excessive force, high studs up, endangering an opponent. Yeah. Reckless, like all these things. And if a referee can't see that, 
and that's his job to see that, or a, an assistant can't see that. But you know the problem here is they'll be back refereeing Celtic and Rangers again next week. There is no punishment. They should be refereeing Bonnie Rig Rose. Be shaking whoa, 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 whoa. They should be shaking. Maybe you want to come in here? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I wouldn't wish yeah, that. Just about the early world. Then he get me started. <laughs> you know, but Amy should be saying that the referee this week for the Bonnie Rigros game is Bobby Madden, having dropped down from uh, the top flight. You know, that kind of thing. I'm being a bit flippant there, but you know what I mean? There's no punishment. These guys just get the same games on a side. You said there, one was Bobby Madden, two was Nick Walsh, two were Clancy. You know, so repeat offenders in terms of the, the, the Celtic players. So yep. well, there's nothing happening to them. So they know that, well, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because, you know, they continue, you know, as is. I just think as well, though, again, there'll be other clubs with a, with a list like this. The players that yeah. we have lost to injury, you look at the players who have been lost to injury, you, you remember John Kennedy, the horrific challenge on Kennedy, yeah. up and coming. Um, I mean, a meteoric rise was in front of him in terms of a, a Celtic centre-half and a career that he might have had. And we're just left wondering the career that he may have had. You'll remember, Tony, a young player that we brought in from Nottingham Forest called Stevie Murray. So he was Stevie Murray the second at Celtic yeah. uh, in the 1980s, midfield player. I think it was um, against Mullerwell in a reserve game. Leg breaker. Brian McLaughlin, super, the first Brian McLaughlin. Career wasn't ended, but he was never the same player. Billy McVie, Clyde, took him out. So there, there are occasions where you remember players' careers that you've been cut short and you just don't want it. I mean, imagine Turnbull being in plaster this morning. It's just unthinkable and they really need to sort it out. We spoke earlier on this season about the impact of Kugel. Unbelievable player. Um, he's got a turn of pace and he plays the offside so, so well that he's causing havoc with the officials. Unfortunately, because those officials are so bad, like we've described, they're going to get it wrong more often than they get it right when it comes to Kyogo. But what really interested me during the week, and again, Tony, I'll ask you first, head of referees Crawford Allen comes out to say that Kyogo's goal against Hearts probably should have been disallowed, yet he'll not come out and protect Scottish footballers or players playing in Scottish football. I don't take Crawford Allen seriously at all. Why should you? Where's, where has he been? And why come out after that? You know, I, I just, it's, you know, it, I'll, I'll refer him to Andy's comment. It's a goal, mate. Move on. Right? Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? The guys who you are supposed to be in charge of gave a goal. What's to be gained by Crawford Allen coming out and saying, well, actually, it shouldn't have been a goal? You know, what happened to play the whistle? You're told that as a kid. Play the whistle. Manny what does it Daniel. do to the refs, though? Re- what do you reckon it does to the refs in the future? I mean, does that put a wee element of doubt in their minds, Amy, when they're about to call a decision against Celtic, but the head of referees have already made it public and you basically pulled your shorts down in public by saying you got it wrong? It's going to put a doubt in their mind, isn't it? It is, and it's... I'm kind of like Tony. I think the less you listen to him, the better. Um, because... You know, if you've got, you just need to look at the reaction kind of from it, right? It is, it's tight. I understand that if, if we're obviously we're talking about Kyogo's goal on, um, on on Thursday, but it's a goal. It's been given. You're not going to retrospectively do it now, and I just think, like you say, it's not 
you know, coming out, they're, they're quick enough to come and perhaps back the referees, you know, when ridiculous, you know, life-threatening injuries, challenges are, are made kind of thing. But I don't know. It's I, I am just kind of off the belief that the, the less you really listen to them, the better, because as Tony says, where's he been? <laughs> what did Crawford Allen add to that debate? Exactly. What did he add? What, what, what fresh... I think, I think what he added... Uh-huh. He, he, he added an element of doubt going forward in refereeing linesmen's heads yeah. or assistant referees' heads. Because, yeah, because they'll be thinking, well, we're going to get called out. So I, I think it was, did, uh, you know, it, it was counterproductive for him to come out well, and do that. Yeah. But did he add it when referees are refereeing Celtic games or every game? No. I would that say... That remains to be seen, doesn't it? Well, again, yeah. But we'll I be mean, watching Celtic games, won't we? The biggest problem they're going to have is Kyogo because of the way he plays well, the game and with the, with the turn of pace he has. There's nobody else in Scottish football who's going to give them as many headaches as he is. People of an older generation will remember that Bobby Lennox was lightning quick, wasn't he? Yeah, 1966, and European Cup Winners' Cup semi-final. Yeah, Tony. he used to get flagged yeah. offside all the time, didn't he? My dad would tell me, and then Pat Crennan, there's a famous clip of Pat Crennan saying that you know, Lennox was about three yards inside his own half and the referee flagged him for offside and he said Celtic Park was... He, his word was the fans were in tatters because it was just, like, incredible. So, you know, history tells you you get players like this who are lightning quick. And I get that they've got a split second. That split second decision was made the other night. Regardless of where you fall on it, it's a goal, mate. Move on. You know, I, I, I keep getting back to it. So why was the big? Why is there such a big stussy about this particular decision? Mm. I think you have to ask that question. Yeah. And the big stussy came from the fact that somebody in a Sky Studio, i.e., Chris Boyd, kicked up a real stink about it. He literally got ex hearts captain Christoph Berry telling him to take the blue tinted glasses off. <laughs> still in Petrov and Christoph saying that look on still in Petrov's face. I think you tweeted it. Did you oh, know? Then. It was just. Uh, Get them, you don't, you don't, but this guy wouldn't let it go, right? And all of a sudden, we have the head of refereeing supervisor for SFA in Scotland coming out on national radio. Where has he been? You couldn't pick Crawford Allen out in an ID parade, right? No, you know, he used to be a referee, you might remember him from being a referee, but you probably don't because he wasn't that good, right? <laughs> he wasn't that good, he wasn't a referee where you say. I've said before, the finest refereeing display I've ever seen at Celtic Park, Pierre Gicolina. Stuttgart. When Celtic played Stuttgart, mm. Celtic went 1-0 down and he sent a Stuttgart player off because of a, a professional foul. Celtic won 3-1. He refed the game. Yep. And which is why it sticks out in your mind because he refed the game and he refereed it with authority and he was a big imposing figure and everybody knew who Pierre Gicolina was. And a lot of people came away from that game saying, what a terrific Celtic performance. But one of the few times everybody was talking about what a high standard of refereeing performance that was. The only time I've ever... That's why it's memorable. ...plays a referee, right? Yeah. Because, and also, in the lead-up to it, you were like, Pierre Gicolina's refereeing Celtic. Oh, man, I wonder what he's going to do. Didn't he do anything? He just ref the game. You know, and you're just thinking, wow. And that's, that's what makes a difference. See, if you ref the game... You, you know, problems kind of dissipate, they'll disappear because if you're sharp and you're on the ball, then and, you, and you're confident in your own ability, 
you, you will do it and you will breeze through it or you will sail through it because that's what you're meant to do. Referee the game. You, no, you're yeah, right. To err is human. You'll get things wrong and that's fine. You, you can live with that. But see, see if, they're, if they are like uh, sporadic moments in your refereeing career, then no deal. It's just every week. We're and it's across the board because there's, yeah. there's a number of refs and the, the seven deadly sins that I've listed here and I'm sure there'll be more <laughs> as we go forward. Listen, let's get a wee bit more positive. Right, uh, the charity weekender. Unbelievable weekend. Amy, you popped in on Saturday. What was the, the mood in the camp when you came in? It was snowing, wasn't it, when you came in here? I came in because Bonnie Rose's game was called off um, due to the snow because you couldn't see the lines. Um, but it was I, met, I met you for the first time, Amy. Yeah, I didn't you for the first time, Tony. Um, <laughs> but I, it was, and then I got down to. Dalkey for Sophie Bonnerick, it's only literally, she'd only be a five minute drive, took an hour and a half, um, because everything was a standstill, it was absolutely mental. Um, hence the reason that I didn't hop on, but I, and then you get down to Dalkey and there was no snow at all. Um, so it was just one of those crazy, crazy days. But no, the, the mood was good in the camp. Uh, Tony was there, Lawrence was there, Kevin Tate was there, and well, you were there, but you're always there. Who cares? Um, and then I make the tea. you make the tea. You did make me a cup of tea as well, by the way. That's one of the first things. I can't confirm that that the boss <laughs> doesn't usually make tea, though, I can assure you. Um, but I and the Celtic Thunder guys were on. So that it was, was a cracking show, actually. It was a cracking show. They, they were brilliant, and it was, it was great to finally meet those guys as well. But as Tony says, um, I we, we finally got to meet each other as well. But everything you could just you know, and obviously Kevin Tate was here and everything that's obviously the auction's going to start to take place. Um, that, you know, the, that was all there as well. And it's just absolutely incredible, really. The places, the studio was a shrine already. We all know that. Um, but it was an even greater shrine. Um, and it probably will, it will still be right now. But it was just a great weekend all around. It, it really was. And everybody who's contributed, it's just an absolute credit. And the, words of, and the words of public enemy... The epitome of public enemy. Don't believe the hype. We all get on. All those guys that came, the fellow podcasters, every one of them was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrific. So lots of love for uh, Tommy and Franks yesterday. Lots of people commented on that. The the Celtic, the Thunder guys, Ryan one one eight, Ryan and Kieran. I'd never, I'd met. In fact, I hadn't met any of them before, and uh, they were cracking guys, brilliant guys. Uh, you know, just to actually put faces to names and meet them in person, you know, and, and there was real love and support and camaraderie yeah. about what we were doing at the weekend. And I, uh, that's what uh, I'll take from that, that, you know, there's a narrative out there that we don't get on and it's nothing further from the truth. We're all doing a similar thing. We all do it to the best of our ability and we all do it because we love the entity that is Celtic Football Club. And all the supporters that donated, you know, yeah, I touched on it on Saturday, and I said that we, we were before I came on, and you know, it, it's uh, it's in your DNA to help, to be charitable, because the club's founded on those roots, mm-hmm. and the amount of people that wanted to get involved, that got involved, that got in touch, and I include the pod, the fellow podcasters, I'd say, it's just a credit to the actual club itself and. The, and the supporters of the football club that they want to do that. But the minute you see it, uh, I mean, the, I don't know how many got involved, Paul, you'll be able to tell me, but they couldn't wait to get involved when you reached out. And uh, 
and they were all credit to their own particular podcast by putting up what I would say was high quality content for 24 hours mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend and and the money that they raised, you, you, you cannot, I mean, hat tip to everybody, but basically, you know, you know, it's, and as I said as well, it's it's quite humbling when you do something like that and for the cause that, that everybody did it for, then, yeah, you, you deserve to sort of sit back today and, and feel good about yourself and, and know for a fact that in your heart and soul you've done a good thing. Well, I think the Celtic support, as you say, they stepped up, Tony. Um, just to give everybody an update, £20,855 currently raised. Um, we're going to keep the GoFundMe page open this week, but those funds will go directly to St Mary's. We'll get them transferred over as soon as we possibly can. It takes a few days, I think, from GoFundMe, but we'll keep the... Um, account open so that people can continue to donate during the, the bulletins this week. The link will be underneath the videos. And as you say, they may, we will be starting an auction as well. So really looking forward to seeing what the final uh, total will be. It's looking like it will be about 25k. So that's tremendous. And it's for the birthplace of Celtic. And hopefully the club will um, see the interest that ha- this has created and perhaps start to engage again with St Mary's with a view to a longer-term plan. Now, on the headline, Angie Celtic mesmerise. They do. They do mesmerise, just as reinforcements line up. Um, we've been hearing all the chat about the potential January arrivals. When I look at that, Amy, we have been very critical in the past of Celtic doing their business late. It's always late in the day, and then you're starting to get that whole deadline day um, buzz, and then John Joe Kenny comes in. But this time, it looks as though we've got three... Japanese, I was going to say Japanese internationalists because two of them are, one of them has been in and around the squads, um, coming in from a league known only too well by Ange Postacoglu. What's your thoughts on this? Because there's a few different ways you can kind of view it. It's definitely Ange that's bringing these ones in, isn't it? Yeah, I think the way that Ange is kind of, you know, dealing with it is, is exceptional. I am... Um, I'll be honest. I just I just caught on Twitter, but he was saying, you know, I think I'm getting linked to everybody in the, in the Japanese league, and I'm sure he made a little quip as well, saying, well, I know the Korean league pretty well as well, so go and have a little have a little dip in that. So um, he's he's just kind of toying with, with the media right now, and I, and I think it's absolutely exceptional to be honest. Um, but yeah, of course, there's going to be mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. We, we say it week in, week out, you know, if... The only, you know, the the example he has is Kyogo. If, if if that's the the first guy he can bring in, and there's apparently you know a, a string of others, and then you know that's that is the perfect case. It's the it's the case study, isn't it? It's the initial one. So look, if I can bring in this guy, if you give me the money to to go out and dip into this market, look who I can bring in, um, and I'll give you another two, three, four Kyogos. Then on you go. Can you imagine? Honestly, I mean, I, I, I do love dipping into markets that the manager knows well. And I always remember that incredible photograph back in the 80s when 
Football was a different world, Tony, but there was the AC Milan triple signing, uh, Ry Gardner, Bastard, and Hulett, the three guys sitting, standing there, with one of the greatest kits ever, you know, with Hulett with the dreads. It was just tremendous. And you think, well, they went for the three Dutchmen. We could be going for the three Japanese players. So let's run through them. And apologies in advance for my pronunciation. I'll start getting them right once we get more familiar with the players. So Dyson Maeda, striker, 24 years of age, worked under Ange. And we know that Tommy Rogic worked, worked under Ange and he's doing okay. Um, we have Josuk Aideguchi. That's all right. Um, and he's a central midfielder, 25 years of age. And Rio Hatati, who we've been hearing about, he can play midfield also at left back, 24 um, as well, Tony. But I just think the fact that it looks as though we're, we're looking to do our business early, the fact that nobody can dispute that these guys are wanted by Ange is all very positive. Would it surprise you if two two of them are on the bench for the Rangers game? I'd love it, it if they were. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. I would love it. He is genuinely trying to get guys in and swiftly, mm-hmm. right? And even then, it would just give you a real boost as well heading into that game, whether they featured or not, right? But I love the way he said he's dealing with it. <laughs> you know, somebody said to him, "What about these players?" And I think his comment was, "I think I've been linked with everybody in the J League." You see, there's, there's good players in Korea as well, isn't there? Something like that, right? And uh, and I just love that kind of attitude about him. You know, it's a guy that knows what he's doing, you know, and he's not going to tell him anything. So media savvy, so uh, media savvy. Yeah, right, and he's just not going to tell him anything until the deals are over the line and the players are here. And then, But we said it earlier on that the one signing that you knew was Andy's was Kyogo, right? And we kept saying from then on in, if this board's going to trust them, then surely they could turn around and say to them, any more Kyogos where that came from? Funnily enough, you should mention that. List like that, right? The Magna Carta of players that he's going to sign now. All you have to do is put your name at the bottom of that and sign it off, sign off the, the money part of it, right? Which is always going to be a difficulty, but you trust his judgment implicitly now. And if it's a league he knows well and players he's worked under, as you say, and I, I flippantly refer it to as the Jedi mind trick that he's played on players, <laughs> because he's turned Anthony Ralston into a Scotland internationalist. He's turned Tom Rogic into, you know, part of a holy trinity in that midfield with McGregor. Turnbull. He's, he's turned near Beaton into a midfielder. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's actually made McGregor a better player, if that's humanly possible, right? But, you know, so you... You look at them and you think we're in safe hands, right? And and I'm the first to admit when he came for, in first, I was sceptical and I wanted to reserve judgment and I didn't really know much about him and I went and researched him and I, I'm delighted he's there. I, I, I'm absolutely delighted. And I'm just delighted the fact that we now have a manager that you trust, you like his public utterances, he's a, he's a very good orator, he's got the players back, he will fight for his club, and it's everything you want in a manager. He doesn't get drawn into petty stuff about referees, but he lets you know in certain terms, don't mess with me. You know, there was that great clip the other night about the referee, and he went, well, it wasn't the referee that decided that game, but if he did, then he's got three points, but he'd still be bottom of the league. You know, stuff like that, you're thinking, big man, that's, that's magnificent. You know, well, well rehearsed ad-libs or not, it doesn't matter. You know, he's, He's pulling them out of the air, you know, at times when you see, and you turn around and you say, that's our manager. 
Why wouldn't he know? And managers know footballers, they know leagues, they know players. Why wouldn't you trust him? Why wouldn't you trust him to bring in three Japanese players from a league? Not only what he's managed, he's actually managed those players. Yeah. It's the ultimate no-brainer to turn around and say to him, how much buys these guys? And he said, well, he can do this job, that job and that job for this team. This is where I see it. You don't even need it. You know what I mean? The, the, the money men will no understand that because he'll blind them with football chat. All he has to say is, look, empty your pockets. Let me do the rest. It's on me. And he keeps saying that. It's on him. So whoever he brings in will be on him. Just give him the, the tools to do so. And if it's on him, fine. Let's see where we are come May. But I trust him. Amy trust him. You trust him, don't you? The big thing for me, Tony, you look at the job he had to do with the team, the squad, the morale, the want-away players who are now away. Um, but he also had a job to do in galva- re-galvanising the support. Because yeah. we, we not only lost faith last season in, in the board, we'd lost faith in the team and we'd lost faith in the management of that team. And that has been a, a massive turnaround since Andrew came in. It'd be brilliant. I can't wait to see that triple signing picture at Celtic Park with the three of them, Amy. That would be great. It would, you know, take back to some of the famous ones uh, in the past, Tony. It was Hearts and Guppy and, and Silla. No. The other one was uh, Andy Payton, Stuart Slater, Rudy Vata. This would be another cracker, like the three players coming in. But, and again, I'm not trying to put a negative twist on this. Is it enough? And what I mean by that is I expect players to leave Celtic in January. You know, you're, you're looking at players like a Yeti, Barkas, Ball and Golly. Sorrow's fallen out of favour. Um, a couple of the young guys we mentioned earlier might be put out on loan, but they're part of the first-team squad. So if we bring three in, bearing in mind a couple of injuries throw, throws us into disarray at the moment, would it be enough? Um, I can see us making some movements in, in January, like out the door as well. Obviously, you've, you've got to hope that the guys will come in, as, as we've mentioned. But I can see... You know they're they're just they're just sitting there, um, and I know we have to talk about depth, and I, and I appreciate that. But the the depth has to be off the standard that they can still come in and you know replace who is ever's out, and that's kind of been the the issue over the last few weeks, and, and certainly for this first part of the season, that you know the guys that have been coming in the replacements, as we as we've said, haven't been to that standard. Um, so. In the same breath, where you're saying, well, you know, you need that the strength in numbers, you need the you need the strength to, to be there. And I don't think, you know, that, that Sorrow's hitting the heights right now. I don't think Ball and Golly's hitting the heights right now, um, and and haven't been for some time. And I think we've all kind of got the same attitude and um, stance regarding Barkas. I think you just have to get him off off the wage bill. It's just one of these. It's, it's just a, a failed mission, a failed chance. Um, so I, I just think it, it's just time for time for it to go. Um, and I, it's, I, I get what you're saying that we need, you know, the, the numbers there. This is all happening. Tony is there. Um, but <laughs> my screen went off a minute ago as well, and that's why I think the comments of like, she fell asleep. But we're obviously somebody's trying to attack us. Um, but I basically I just think. To, to round off, um, that the Ball and Golly, Sorrow, Barkas, I, I think that their their time is up at Celtic. Yeah, definitely. And if, of course, we get the three in, we'll be delighted. And I will learn the pronunciations properly uh, for the first <laughs> show when we are um, singing their praises. Now, Laura, from time to time, mentions the fact that she's met the great man on official Axon business and, and she interviewed Ange Postacoglu. Did she? Yes. Did she? Yeah. No. No. You know? <laughs> and and it's great that 
you think about engagement, right? So far, just in the Axom team, you've had Laura interviewing Ange, you had Natasha interviewing Ange, which was the introduction to Ange Postacoglu, and you've had Declan, I think, probably goes for lunch with him two or three times a week now. So out of the Axom team... Hi, but who else? Declan's stalking Ange now, to be fair to Declan, you know what I mean? So that's... Uh... <laughs> I Every thought it was the other way about, actually. changes, and it's just a different picture of Ange. Exactly. <laughs> How many times he meets him. Just calls him by his Twitter handle. I know. <laughs> but, um, talking about Natasha speaking to Ange, she also spoke to Fran Alonso yesterday after. Um, the the women's team won the SWPL trophy, the, the cup, sorry, and uh, they beat Glasgow City 1-0. Uh, there's an interview... Uh, with Fran, it's now on our YouTube, so check it out. Uh, Caitlin Hayes, Hayes scored the winner. Every time you know they they do something that brings them back into the kind of public eye, I think to myself, it's brilliant. The, the work Fran Alonso is doing tremendous, and we're big fans. But in order to get more people involved, and I'm going to throw this one to you first, Amy. What's your thoughts on this? Buy a season ticket, and it becomes a dual season ticket to go and watch the women's team. What do yes. you think? I, I can't argue with that. You know, the women's game in particular it is more often than not, it is, it's a Sunday. It's a, it is on a Sunday. Um, obviously, it's more for European nights and, you know, TV rights that Celtic will play on a Sunday. But if Celtic playing on a Saturday, get along and support the girls on a, on a Sunday. The standard SWPL one, it is it is honestly, it is increasing. Um, and there's a few folk coming in, you know, and they're thinking that I just only support Bonner and Grows now. But um, I have been lucky enough, and, you know, and it's, I, I ticked it off, and obviously I shared it with you guys, but I got to commentate on, on Celtic Women for for the BBC a few weeks ago. And it was just, it was amazing. It was just such a, an honour, really. And it's a, it is a real thing, tick off the list. Tony, you'll get that. that these little these little things, they're just, they're just amazing. Um, but the, the girls are absolutely thriving right now um, and it is the way that we're seeing the impact that, that um, Ange Postacoglu is having on, on the guys Fran Alonso is just having that on the girls you know that's the girls first trophy in 10 years it's absolutely amazing um, and everybody knows even if you're not into your women's football which you know it is just football I, I hate myself for even calling it women's football it is just football Um Glasgow City are the, are the top dogs, you know. Yeah, the the dominance is unbelievable. But Hibs, what a success story, it's been, it is, it is, and it's because they don't you know, have a team not, to pin it onto, you know. Exactly, they, exactly. And, and they knock obviously Celtic knocked out Hibs, who were the holders in the semi final, and then they've beat the the top top guys in the in Glasgow City in the final. It's a terrific journey, um, and and I'm so delighted because there's so many good girls in there. Um, I've been lucky enough to chat to some of them. I know N- Natasha has as well. Um, and proper Celtic fans, you, you'll find a fair few Celtic fans in there, and Caitlin Hayes is one of them. You know that's a that's a childhood dream, and as you know, the girl here here as well, I can I can vouch for that. I know everybody says every little boy's dream is to you know score for the boy whose club score for Celtic. It's the exact same when you're a girl. I loved that. I got to play in the Celtic academy when I was younger, and you know it was always like the Tommy Burns was running it, and all those little things, and you just loved it. You know, coming home with your little Celtic ship on it, it was brilliant. Um, so the dreams there for, for both sides, um, for the guys and the girls, but it is a ridiculously amazing achievement, and I'm so glad that you know Celtic are, are jumping on, not jumping on the bandwagon, but you know they're giving the the respect and the the kudos to the girls, which which is deserved. Um, and hopefully Fran delivers many more trophies because it's just it's a really really great time to be watching the girls right now. 
No, it is. I mean, Tony, if it was part of a season ticket, you'd find yourself checking it out, wouldn't you? And then once you've experienced it and enjoy it, I just think it'd be a good way of trying to build the support of the women's game. Of course. Yeah, that, you had that double-edged shot to the season ticket, people would go along out of curiosity, wouldn't they? It's, not, it's only natural. And as Amy says, the women's game has been improving for years and years and years. I used to cover Glasgow City the Daily Record and I was there when they played Paris Saint-Germain mm-hmm. in the in the uh, Genola used to play for PSG didn't they? <laughs> in the Champions League and uh, I was given the brilliant line by uh, uh, one of the one of the girls at Glasgow City and she said uh, the, the Paris Saint-Germain flew into Glasgow on a private jet they were going on easy jet to Paris you know, so that was the kind of disparity between the two clubs. You know, and I thought, well, there you go. There, that, that was it in a nutshell. But Paris Saint-Germain threw a lot of money at it, the women's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and Glasgow City, as you say, weren't affiliated to a club at that time, you know, so they were they could get so far in the Champions League. But, you know, there was that was at the at Erdze. You know, and there was a lot of interest then in Glasgow City when they were making inroads in the Champions League, but they, they could only get so far. Uh, and... It was, you know, it was always they always ended up losing out to teams with bigger resources. But yeah. I've been well aware of the women's game for years and years. And as Amy says, the journey at Celtic have been on been incredible. And Fran Alonso has has done a fantastic job with the women's team and uh, and, and fair play to them. And uh, you can only clap that success and wish them more success because Glasgow City have been a powerhouse in women's football and a big big reason why. You know that the league is now so strong because they set the template and the standard mm-hmm. by which other women's teams had to follow, and they had to be good. And when you're on that lofty perch, people want to knock you off it. And it was Laura Montgomery whose name came to me as I was talking there that that said that great line that Paris Saint Germain flew flying private jet, we went easy jet. You know, and I just thought, and that was the headline. And when I wrote about the piece in the. Uh, it was very Laura and all the girls at Glasgow City were very kind whenever I went up to speak to them. And as Amy says, they're all football daft. They all support clubs, you know. And they're all they're all living out their dream, living out their football dream. And uh, and I applaud that, and I applaud Celtic for winning that trophy yesterday because it's no mean feat to beat Glasgow City in the final. Oh, definitely. Check it out. Check out the interviews on YouTube. Fran looking um, as suave as ever. One final thought for everybody uh, who's tuned in today. Apparently, Ange Postacoglu, since moving to Celtic, has uh, got himself a dog and he's calling it Declan. So there you go. Um, the wee man is a popular figure in and around in and around uh, Glasgow. I'm just looking up on the screen. Uh, Dan Orlowitz is on Sky Sports talking about Celtic's targets. Um, so he was on during the pre-season on Axon, talking about Ange Postacoglu. Um, and he's a good, uh, authoritative voice on the Japanese game. So there we have it. Thank you, everybody. We're going to continue with the GoFundMe this week. We're going to be giving as much funds as possible to St Mary's, the birthplace of Celtic. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. If I haven't responded to you uh, personally for donations, etc., I will get round to that, so thank you. And all that's left for me to say is Amy Canavan and Tony Haggerty, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.